This is Pioneering Today with Upper Skagit's own Melissa K. Norris, inspiring your faith and your pioneer roots here in the beautiful North Cascade Mountains on KSVU 90.1 Community Radio. You're listening to Pioneering Today with Melissa K. Norris, and today's show is part two of the fascinating world of bees. Hope you enjoy today's show. So I know you have different flavors of honey. What are what are all the different flavors of honey that you guys offer? Um, we offer everything that we pollinate, kind of. Um, we, we offer, um, I'll start in spring, which is, um, we have our maple honey, which is from the big leaf maple trees. Okay. And it tastes kind of like black licorice. It's got kind of mm-hmm. licorice taste to it. Um, we have the blueberry honey from the Cascadian Farms and Johnson's Blueberries. Um and it's it's very uh, floral, almost uh, like a rosy uh, smell to it. Okay. Um, and then we have raspberry honey from raspberry fields. Um, let's see. Then we go into the blackberry honey. Okay. Um, which is going on right now. Yeah, then, I've had the blackberry honey before. It was really good. It was really fun. Seth does, um, at, if you're ever up um, in the Skagit Valley up at Concrete for some of the different street fairs and things that we have, he'll have a taste test set up so you can actually taste what the honey tastes like from the different kinds. And that was really fun. I had a lot of fun doing that. And I think that my favorite, I think we ended up going with the blackberry was, was our choice. Yeah, yeah. Black, yeah blackberries are our main crop, mm-hmm. and it's just a local favorite. Um and and then our next one would be the Japanese knotweed. Oh, um, it produces a really um, sweet red honey. Okay. Um, some years we don't get it; other years we do. Uh-huh. Um, we've located a few um, uh, nice groves of it that hasn't been sprayed yet, and so um, we're we're happy to know that of these secret spots that we can get our hives into. Right. Um, to produce that honey for the public, and then we move up to the fireweed. Um, okay. which is you know, an old time favorite, yeah. that, you know, it's a like crystal clear honey. It's almost, I mean, they, we call it water white because it's clear. Okay. Um, and it's, it's kind of wraps up the season, which we take all our hives to the mountains, um, and hope the bears don't find them. Do you, have you, have you had bears get into your hives before when you take them up there? Have I haven't had, had any damage, damage yeah. but fellow beekeepers have had a lot of damage okay. of having hives rolled and tore apart. Oh Yeah. So how long is the average, I guess, uh, lifespan of a hive without any, you know, mites or damage or any of the colony collapse? Um, I've had some go for four years, but most, if, if they're unattended and just left to be bees, you might get two years out of it. Okay. Um, and it's just because that's the way that they're set up to do that. In nature, honeybees have always moved. Mm-hmm. They, they build a nest, they swarm, and they separate and they move on. Okay. Um, so they were never intended to stay in one place for you know all the time. Okay. So if you, when, if you wanted to start doing bees, or say you had a hive and you know it collapsed, then how do you where where do new bees come from? Like, is there different companies that you can order from hatcheries, so to speak? Yeah. Um, in the spring is usually the best time to get bees that are the cheapest. Okay. Um, they can, usually they come out of California or Texas, um, the, the southern states. Um, and you can ship them through UPS, Postal Service, um, or just drive down to California and pick them up. And get them. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we, we will try to, we've always offered bees in the spring for, you know, new beekeepers. Oh. And so we'll, I think we'll, you know, continue to do that service. Mm-hmm. 
you know, we don't make a lot of money off of it. Basically, it covers our gas and time to, to drive to California or to drive to um, Spokane or Yakima to get, get the bees. And get new bees. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, you know, it's just cheaper for just us to send one truck, fill right. it up, and bring it back so everybody's not running over to Eastern Mountains or running down to Chico, California, um, trying to get, you know, a few bees. Yeah. So when it comes to... Um keeping your honey or organic is there do you just try to make sure that your hives are next to no spray areas or if it obviously if the hives are on an organic farm then how, how do you guys go about like with, with labeling or saying that, it, that it's organic or yeah. trying to keep it you know well, we, that way we, we can't really say that any honey is organic and mm-hmm. if and if you find honey in the store that says organic it's mislabeled Okay. There is only one beekeeper in the nation that's certified organic. Oh wow! And it's he's down in Arizona, okay. and he owns several hundred square miles of land. Oh my! So he's able to control where the bees go. Okay. For anybody else, it's just you produce a pure natural honey uh-huh. um, to the best of your knowledge and the best of your uh, abilities to keep it that way. Um, using pesticides in your hive deletes you from that category. Um, so, um, so why would, why would somebody use pesticides in their hive for mite control, for mite control control or other vectors in the hive? Um, you know, there's, there's about five to 10 main diseases that bees get that people treat for. And, you know, some people will put antibiotics in their hives to, to deal with certain things. And, um, you know, that sometimes they're necessary. There, there's a few diseases that, if you get it, the only treatment's burn your hive. Oh wow! And you know we've never had to do that, uh-huh. so knock on wood that we won't be doing that anytime soon. Right. Um, so it varies, you know, of what you put into the hive or what people do on the outside. I can't control what my neighbors um, two miles away are, are spraying on their on their flower gardens. Right. Um, and I'm not going to. It's not my place to do it you know it's their it's their property and and it's their plants and right. whatnot um my bees i just hope that they choose <laughs> that where they to choose go wisely yeah <laughs> they choose wisely in, in the addresses that they pollinate where for they pollinate from. you know mm-hmm. um so how did how did um like some of these you know the, the, the diseases and stuff that you're talking about how do the bees contract these just through exposure and other animals or is there any kind of certain factors that you can try and preventative measures oh I, I wish there was. I really do. Um, again, be, bees are a stinging insect, so it's not like we can just tear them apart and play with them all the time. And you know, um, and it's not the same as like cows. Cows, you put them in a field, you can have somewhat control over what they eat, right. what they're exposed to. Bees, it's not the same. Because they're, they're traveling. They travel. So if they're if they're doing like a, a, a dust spraying from an airplane, they can easily be sprayed. Okay. And it in their millions of little hairs on their bodies that collect dust and everything, and different particles. Mm-hmm. Pesticides is one of them. Yeah. Uh, herbicides is another one. Okay. And um, so just when they're normal flying, um, they pick up exhaust from vehicles. They pick up diesel fumes. They 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 pick up just dust in you know um, in general. Um, then when they get to the flower, if it's been sprayed, um, they they walk all over it, so their feet are all covered in it, which gets to their hairs and they pack it into the pollen um which they form on their leg legs um and um so they're exposed to that and then when they do get to the nectar of the flower if they've been exposed to uh, systemic 
insecticides, herbicides. Okay. Um, the nectar is now poisonous. Um, okay. And so they take that back to the hive, and it might be just a minute amount, but that's building intolerance in the hive. So the, the offspring, are, you know, the larvae are getting fed um, trace amounts of, of poisoning. Okay. Um, and we probably won't notice it right away until later in the year when it's all built up and they fail. Right. So do you think that, that the heavy use, it seems, uh, that, that we have of, of the pesticides and the herbicides and just, you know, the general pollution and all that kind of stuff, do you think that that's definitely a factor in part of the, the loss of the wild bees? Well, I, I think it is. Yeah. You know, I mean, I can't prove it and I don't ever want to prove it because I, I really don't want to know the results of it. Yeah. Um, but again, we've only been colonizing honeybees uh for human use for a few thousand years in reality of on a, on the on the basis we do now mm -hmm. um so maybe bees have always had this die off maybe it's just in their genetics to b build and collapse and build and collapse um i don't know yeah. you know i i wish i knew yes. you know but yeah. <laughs> but I haven't studied honeybees long enough to know, and I don't think anybody else has studied honeybees long enough to to know the long-term usage of, 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 right. of a hive. Of the hive, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so, so with the honey, I know that uh, uh, from having store-bought honey and then local honey, um, probably because it's, it's so fresh, but it, it does seem to crystallize faster. Mm -hmm. Is that... Well, it, um, the, the main difference in, in like our honey will crystallize. All honey will crystallize as all sugars crystallize. Even if you were to just take sugar from the store, uh -huh. you know, put it on the shelf, it'll crystallize. Right. Corn syrup will crystallize. All honey crystallizes just a chemical reaction of, of sugars. Mm -hmm. um, the difference is, is heat. Okay. We, we don't heat our honey. There's okay. no reason to heat honey. The big... Um, so isn't honey. it considered raw honey then mm -hmm. when it's not heated? That's yep. when, when people say raw honey, that's what they mean. Exactly. It's not it's been heat treated. not been heat treated and has been pasteurized. There's no reason to pasteurize honey. Okay. Um, the reason that the big people, you know, big companies do it um, is just for some reason America likes crystal clear honey. <laughs> so they filter it and it takes all the pollens out of it. It takes all the um, anything out of it. They okay. ultra filter it and then they heat it so they can bottle it faster. Okay. That's the main reason for heating honey is it bottles a lot faster. Okay. Um, it takes me, you know, a minute to, to, to bottle honey, you know, whereas they're doing a uh, hundred jars a minute. Wow. So that's the main difference. Okay. So doesn't it kind of take some of the health properties out of the honey though, when you well, filter yeah. all that stuff out and then you heat it? Does yeah. it kind of break it? It breaks stuff down, It breaks right? down the enzymes. Okay. Um, heating any food, we've all, we've all known that he, cooking vegetables is worse on them than raw vegetables. Right. Um, you lose a lot of the vitamins, minerals. Um, everything that's in it mm -hmm. kind of deteriorates pretty quick with heat. Um, <clears throat> I'm not against heating honey because it does crystallize. Mm -hmm. And if you warm it in, in a bath of warm water, the crystallization will, will dissolve and you'll have liquid honey again. Okay. So honey will never spoil. Um, it, it has no expiration date. Yeah, I, I heard actually that they found honey in some of the Egyptian tombs, mm -hmm. and that they said it was still fine. Still fine. It was good. Yeah. So yeah. basically, if you're looking for long food storage, um, and or if, you know, if the apocalypse <laughs> happens, honey would be your go-to. I mean, yeah. it's your only imperishable food that, yeah. that no matter what, it's going to stay. <clears throat> exactly, and um, 
Then you look at how they were able to contain honey in the tomb. Uh-huh. It wasn't in a glass jar. It wasn't. It was in pottery. Right. And it was still good. Yeah. No. That, that's that's amazing. Um, yeah. So what, so what, a lot of people are wanting to use honey um, in baking these days. So do you guys do you at your do you guys cook? I'm assuming you, you use honey quite a bit. In your um, house? Yeah, we, we we cook a, you know quite a bit with it. So if you have you know like if you want to alter a recipe, how do you go about um, using honey in place of say sugar or corn syrup? Because corn syrup is so heavily genetically modified, mm-hmm. especially a high fructose corn syrup <clears throat> is horrible. Uh, but a lot of the old time you know can candy recipes and and different those you know marshmallows that kind of thing if you want to make it from home it, it calls for corn syrup so can you use honey in place of corn syrup in some of those recipes i don't really know okay um i i would suppose you could uh-huh. i mean i don't see a reason why you couldn't um but you'd have to alter the amounts would be different so if um oh i'm kind of my mind's kind of stuck but i think it's you use uh, less honey than you would honey. of sugar. Okay, so say if so, I had a recipe and it called for a cup of sugar, like three quarters, three quarters cup of a cup of honey. Okay, so just a little it's bit. Just less. a little bit less. Okay. Um, and does it does it bake fast? Do you think it would it burn faster, or should it cook? The it, it cooks time the same. Would be about the same. Yeah. Okay. It cooks the same. Um, I know a lot of people who buy my honey for canning. Mm-hmm. They'll can peaches and they'll can all their their stuff, make jellies with honey, and so I know that it does exist. They can. That you can, you can process with it, you know, right. just like you would with sugar or, or corn syrup. But I've never made candy with honey, though. Okay. Do you make your jellies at home? Do you, when you guys can make jellies, do you use honey instead of sugar? Sometimes. Or how do you, depends. It just depends, you know, on <clears throat> on um, just what we're doing, you know. And some sometimes that our honey is, is strong for what we need it to be used for. Okay. Like maple honey, for instance, it tastes like black licorice. You right. wouldn't want to put that with something else. No. <laughs> so you got to kind of, you got to know your honey. You got to taste your honey before you use it because it's not, especially like our honey, it's, it changes all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, every hive is going to taste different and we, and we're, we're small scale. So when we extract our honey kind of, it, it'll be different all the time. Yeah, I think that's fascinating. I love, I love, uh, you know, all kinds of, of, you know, the raw food sources. And in fact, we, um, I'm really disappointed actually that we, we, uh, were purchasing and drinking raw milk, which I know you're not supposed to, according to the FDA, but I really don't put a lot of stock in the FDA personally. So, um, <laughs> so, so we did and we loved it. I mean, it was, it was awesome. And then, um, unfortunately she, she just wasn't able to keep up and she got rid of her cows. So I'm really, I love that your guys' honey is raw. I think that's, that's fabulous. Do you ever, uh, do you guys sell then some of the beeswax? And a lot of people yep. like to use beeswax in, in different homemade products mm-hmm. and different things. So you guys, yeah. able, you offer that as yeah, well? Yeah, we sell beeswax when, when we have it. Uh-huh. Um, it takes, it takes a lot of honey to make beeswax. Does it? It takes a lot. Um, we average, for every hundred pounds of honey that we produce, mm-hmm. we get one pound of wax. Oh, wow. And that's pretty, that's across the board, across the nation. That's pretty that's, average. That's pretty average. And so... When we're out of beeswax, it's because we're out of honey, you know. And so um, we try to keep it, you know, as long as we can. But when people want beeswax, they want a bunch. Right, yeah, because, I mean, it's a lot of, you know, creams and, and lip balm. People are, you know, in exactly. candles and yep. there's different things. I had no idea that that was the ratio. Wow, yeah. that's, that's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It takes a lot. And, it, you know, and from a bee standpoint, it takes eight pounds of honey to make one pound of beeswax. Wow. For them to, to metabolize it. For them to it, actually to do make, it, make the, produce make, it. Yeah, produce wax. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. 
Um, so for your hives for in the wintertime, uh, and this would probably vary for certain climates that get colder than others, is there anything that you have to do to kind of like insulate the hives or protect them from the weather? Or how does that come into play? I, I wish I knew. Okay. So what uh, do you we, do here we, for winter? We, we, how do you winterize them? I've, is there anything? I've tried all sorts of stuff. I mean, I've insulated them. I've wrapped them in tar paper. Uh-huh. Um, I've... Um, I've tried, I've, I've, you know, I've tried to keep them dry. Mm-hmm. I, you know, and the, the very, the, the results are, are across the board. Is I haven't found one thing that works. Okay. Um, but I will say that I'm looking for a new um, wintering method as we speak right now. Okay. Um, which is, in, is a, um, looking for a, an enclosed or an open barn. Oh. Like an old dairy barn or right. something of that nature that's dry. Okay. With, with, with preferably a dirt floor. I want to use the the dirt as a um, moisture wicker and okay. pull moisture out of the hive uh-huh. because that's what kills bees in the wintertime is moisture. Oh, okay. They, you know, they get hypothermia. Is that what happens? Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you notice over the winter that's when you have your biggest losses yeah. then? Yeah, okay. our biggest losses are in November. Oh, well, in November? Mm-hmm. Okay. And usually by January, things have started. The, the, it's cold enough to where it's dry. Okay. And the bees do great. Okay, so um, it's just it's the wet, the, just, the just damp getting them that... through Thanksgiving is the wow. hard part. Is the hard is the hard part. Yeah, wow. we we lost about a third of our hives before Thanksgiving. Oh wow! Uh, last year, so um, you know, we we try to keep them healthy and happy, but some things are just beyond my control. Right. And yeah. rain is one of them. <laughs> yeah, and that that's the way in the life of, of livestock and, and farming is uh yeah, you just you do the best you can and the, the rest is up to God and there mm-hmm. there it is. Yeah, and you know, I've always told people if you're not stuck in the mud, you're not farming in Skagit County. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, we have yeah, we've got our muck boots at home and yeah, it's yeah. pretty much muddy from then on out. Yeah. Yeah, no, well this has been fascinating. I'm I'm really excited. Um and I want to let uh, everybody know um, on my website, MelissaKNorris.com, we are, Seth has graciously gave us a jar of his um, blackberry. I'm very excited. Blackberry honey. So I'm going to be doing a giveaway of that. So you can just go to MelissaKNorris.com and click on the um, podcast button and that giveaway will come up so you can win some. Um, if you don't have a local honey source, um, then you can actually, Seth has a website and you can order uh, via the contact button. You can email him with orders. And so I want to give you that address. And it's um, www.thevalleys with a S, buzz.webs with an S, W E B S dot com. And you'll see the, the contact button. And you can just contact that and through email there. And you can actually order and purchase honey from him. Um, if you live locally, then there's also his honey is available at perks and albert shred apple and it will soon be available at loggers landing and uh grandy creek grocery Mm -hmm. right yeah so um check out some of the local honey um if you have a local honey source uh in your area then i always encourage people to try to support their local businesses um but if not seth um, has great honey and would be more than happy uh, to help you out or you can win a jar for yourself and so we actually have it's 16 ounces it's a really nice size of honey and it's the blackberry which is my favorite um so you guys can win that and we're so thank you for tuning in today and we look forward to having you on the next episode that's it for this edition of pioneering today with melissa k norris Join us next time on KSVU 90.1 Upriver Community Radio.